0: The New Year's gift. I can't remember where I first heard this story. It's not part of the tradition, but it's been in my family for a long time. And it goes like this. There was once a man called Richard Cooper, who'd made a living in London on a skiff up and down the Thames with barrels of oats, barley, wine, pork, brandy, all sorts of things. But he'd married a Nottingham lass. And so he'd moved north and life was good. Because of his skill on the rivers, he became a recognised boatman and he would take a long barge that had originally been a coal barge with its great hold and he would take goods from Nottingham down to London and back again. Mary, his wife, gave birth shortly after they were married to a beautiful baby boy. And the years rolled by and life was good and trade was good. Oh, they were never rich, but they were happy. And of that there is very little to tell. Suffice it to say, with the coming of the Great War, Richard and Mary's son was old enough to enlist. Richard himself, being on in years now and too old, watched his son go with a mixture of fear and pride. Now, the war was long and hard and not fair to many, Richard and Mary included, and they lost their only son, and life for a while was bleak. But they were practical people, and life would have to go on, And so shortly after the First World War, Richard took a barge to London, something he had not done for a long time, but the coffers were low and the money was needed. And Mary said to him, but how will you get past the two man locks now that our son is no longer there to help you? And he said, God willing, someone will appear. And that was always on his lips. God willing, hope will come. God willing, help will come. God willing all is right with the world. Now it was coming up to Christmas and he didn't want to leave Mary but he had a hold full of fine goods and he knew that if he could make it to London before Christmas Eve he could sell his merchandise, make a fine price and maybe be home in time for the new year. So he kissed his wife and with those words, God willing help will come, he set off. Well, the first few locks were what they call one-man locks. He could operate them, but when he got to the first two-man lock, well, he was in trouble. But he just threw up that phrase, God willing help will come, and he sat on the front of his boat, smoking his pipe. And sure enough, with the first rays of light in that morning, he saw a young man striding over the fields. The young man tipped his hat, Would you be travelling to London, said the young man. Indeed I am, yes. Would you give me passage? I have very little money, but I'll work my way down. I need to get home to my family. And knowing what a toll the war had taken on so many families, Richard agreed readily. The two men had a companionable journey. The evening was spent drinking the odd beer, smoking and playing cards. And during the day, they would putter down those canals and worked well as a team. When they eventually arrived in London, well, Richard tried to pay the young man, but the young man refused. That was not the deal, he said. You have brought me home and that is all I wanted. But Richard said he felt bad, tried to press a little coin into the young man's hand, but still the young man refused. And when he saw Richard would not be turned, the young man said... I promise you this. There will come a time when someone will need the money that you wish to give me. Pay it to them and know that you have done the right thing. And there was such sincerity in the young man's face, such an earnestness in his eyes, that Richard found himself catching his breath, thinking of his own son, so long lost on the fields of France. And so he nodded hugged the young man and bid him goodbye. Well, he did sell his merchandise for a fine price and with his pockets full he thought at least he could give his sweet wife Mary a good New Year. But no man wishes to take an empty cargo boat back up the Thames and back up the waterways to Nottingham and so he decided to search around to see if there was a cargo that needed to go back. And it was while he was searching round the docks and the harbour, he heard crying, investigating the source of the sound, for he was a, a chivalrous and kind man, a real gentleman. He found an old woman sitting at the stoop of her house. Oh, she was clean and tidy, but it was obvious she didn't have, as they say, two pennies to rub together. And she was stitching a, a strange garment, and when he asked why she sobbed, she said, this is my son's winding sheet, his shroud. I couldn't even afford a proper shroud. I'm having to stitch this together from old bits of sacking, for we have no money. (sighs) And Richard sat down beside her, because sometimes there is nothing to say. It's just an ear that's needed. And the old woman talked about how her son had gone off to the Great War and been killed in battle and Richard didn't need to add his sorrow to hers, so just nodded in understanding of how deep that grief can go. And she said, But because they say he was shot in the back, he must have been deserting. And they couldn't prove it, but we had to spend every last penny bringing his body home, for the army would not pay. And now, me and my husband, we don't even have enough to pay for his funeral. He will be buried in a pauper's grave and it's more than I can bear. And she said, absently as she stitched and sewed, we brought his body back, but I cannot help feeling that his soul is still out there and lost. Well... Richard walked for a long time that evening, and by the time the sun set he knew what he had to do, and he returned to the woman, and he gave the money that he would have given his young man, that young boy. Here, he said, take this coin and pay for your son's funeral. The old woman looked up surprised. Why? A friend, he said, said that I would know what to do with this coin, and Strangely enough, I do. Please, take it. And the old woman, so grateful, said, Please, would you stay for a few days and attend my son's funeral? There'll be precious few of us there. And so he did. He attended the funeral in that little church in the back streets of London. And it was a fine funeral. Oh, not ostentatious, but it was a good funeral. And he knew that he'd done the right thing. Imagine his surprise when he saw, standing by the coffin, the same young man that accompanied him all the way down from Nottingham. And the young man smiled, nodded to Richard, and then disappeared in a shaft of sunlight that came through the window. And Richard knew, he knew that he had paid his debt And he had not only brought that young man home, but he had also brought his soul back. New Year, in the house of Richard and Mary Cooper that year, was a good and fine and peaceful place.